recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge high atop the Paul Drake Jr. building in Midtown Chesapeake, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, house. This is a house where no one should live. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Since we've been away for a while, we have relocated the Phantasmo Lounge from the beautiful mid-city Portsmouth (laughs) to (laughs) the suburbs of Chesapeake, Virginia. Indeed. And we're getting settled into the new lounge and loving every minute of it, though we're beat and tired like dogs all the time. Yes, well, it has been quite the adventure in uh, fixing the old house and selling the old house, lounge. buying, excuse me, <laughs> well, we're talking about house, so house yeah. is on the on the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fixing the old lounge, selling the old lounge, buying a new lounge. Fixing moving, the new lounge, yeah, fixing moving the the, new into lounge. the new lounge, and trying to unpack everything. Yes. And in uh, in the midst of that, we are also trying to organize Monster Fest. Get that and together. And the Williamsburg Nostalgia Festival. Yeah, so, which is in November. So it's, it's been bam, quite bam, 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 back the back. adventure. Oh, and also new happenings at the Narrow. Um, yeah. So we've got a lot going on a right now. A lot of cool stuff coming up at the Narrow in October. We'll talk about more later. But check out the website, narrowcinema.com, for all the updates on the cool Halloween movies and classic horror movies they are going to be showing in October. Yeah, October 2021 is uh, shaping up to be exciting. Yeah. If very busy and bad for my (laughs) sleep. (laughs) That too. But that's okay. We like October. It's okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And we got married too, what, 20 years ago? Yeah. October 20th will be our 20-year anniversary. Wow. (laughs) No, I can't believe it's been 20 years. feel like it. It does and it doesn't. It feels like forever and it feels like no time. So I guess that's a good thing. All right. All right, anyway, so back to what we're talking about. Yeah, tonight. Which is still what we're talking about. Yeah. House. The movie House. Since we just moved into a new house, we thought it'd be appropriate to talk about House. Well, we thought that. Then we watched the movie. And then we watched it. <laughs> and then we watched House 2. Uh, we were a glutton for punishment, yeah. apparently. Now, we're not going to talk much about House 2 tonight, because honestly, we fin- we watched House, the first movie, and then we watched House 2, and we were both tired as hell. And we really don't remember a whole lot about House Well, so two. I remember more about it than you do, I think. But. We'll touch on it a little bit. Yeah. Well, it was a completely different movie. It took place in a completely different house. And the only thing it had in common with the first movie was the title of the movie, pretty much. Yeah. And that stuff happened in a, in a house. house. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like the same stuff, the same demon or whatever. No, you know? no. And we never know that it's a demon to begin with. Well, anyway, yeah, it doesn't whatever matter. Whatever it was. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning, shall we? Let's. The first movie, House, uh, 1985. Uh, notorious cult following, I believe. A lot of people yeah, really like this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean... It, the the hand reaching up out of the ground is notorious in my head. I don't know why. Oh, for you know, reaching up to grab the kid. I don't. I, oh, I, like, yeah. I have that in my head, and I I don't know if well, that, that comes. That kind I, of scene's been in a lot of stuff. But, yeah, I know. Now, but that's speaking stuck of, in my head. Speaking of hand, let's go ahead and talk about the poster real quick. Well, I interrupted you. We haven't even gotten to the people. Um, well, no, you brought up hand though, so we'll talk okay. about that. Go for it. The movie poster is kind of iconic looking. It's got this disembodied hand trying to put a key in the lock of the door. Yes. And it's really a cool, stark a cool image, yeah. which appears nowhere in the film mm-hmm. whatsoever. Nothing even close to that happens in the film. 
which is kind of great because it's like some of those old Grindhouse posters. Yep. You know, horror movie Grindhouse posters. Uh, where... I mean, the poster makes you want to see the movie. At least it did me. Exactly. Yeah. The poster draws and you in. And that's what it should do. And you forget while watching the movie that... <laughs> it's not anywhere yeah, in the movie. Yeah, that image isn't in the movie. <laughs> I mean, there is a hand. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't do anything like that. Right. But the now the movie starring in the movie, William Cat. Okay. Completely overlooked, I think. William Underrated. Cat, he should have been in a better movie. He should than have this. been. Yeah. Because he's really a fantastic actor. He is. You know, and he doesn't, he hasn't had a lot of parts that people really know about, I think, or think of him. Because everybody thinks I'm Greatest American Hero. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. That was know a weekly kind of sitcom adventure, not sit, well, kind of a comedy adventure show. Yeah. You know? I, I know I've seen him in episodes of shows here and there, but I don't know of anything I've seen him in yeah. other than this and The Greatest American Hero. And, and that's the thing. And he's, Which is sad. He's yeah, really good. He's fantastic in this. Yeah. He's too good for this movie. Actually. He's definitely too good for this movie. Other, he's so natural. And who else is in it tells you why. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, George Went, Norm from Cheers, Norm, Norm from Cheers, who plays the kind of the the not bumbling neighbor, but the kind of goofy, annoying neighbor guy, mm-hmm. fanboy to William Katz, writer Stephen King like character, right? Uh, Richard Mall mm-hmm. has a substantial part in it, playing his buddy from in, when he was in Vietnam, right? And uh, then Kay Lenz plays his ex wife, mm-hmm. and they they're all super B list. You know, character actors and a lot lesser movies and things like that. So yeah, and, and what's the name of the lady that you see at the book signing? Oh, oh, um, <laughs> hang on, it'll come to me. Just a second. As soon as I saw her face, I was like, "Oh, I know her," and then I totally blanked. And she only has like this little tiny part at the book signing where she talks about. Uh, yeah, she's one of the people in his line, wife, one of his fans. And, yeah, just a fan, and then she's gone. And it's it. uh it'll come to me in just a second. It, she was um for Alpha Bissena in yeah in Austin Powers and she did when they did the Sid and Marty Croft tribute on TV Land, she did Witchy Poo and did it mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, she did. She's a great in impressionist. Mindy Sterling. Ah, okay. Yeah, it was wild just to see her like show up in a you know, an extra kind of yeah. part more or less. Yeah, really weird. But I mean, you know. Now that's about it as far as the cast goes. There's a couple other bit parts, a couple of cops. Stephen Williams is one of the cops, and he ends up being like one of the lead guys in Jason Goes to Hell. Mm. And you've seen him in everything, right? Over the years, a couple of the interesting names that are associated with the movie: Kane Hodder was the stunt coordinator. Oh, okay. And Felix Silla is one of the little demons that comes out after the kid. Oh, which I didn't know until later. Yeah, yeah you, you told well, me. Well, watching the credits go by, I was like, yeah. "Oh hell, look at that name!" You know. Yeah, and that's about it. The writer and director and producer, though, are important names in horror. Yes. Director Stephen Miner, mm-hmm. who directed Friday the 13th, I think it was 2 and 3, and Halloween H2O. So, you know, we'll try not to hold that against him, I guess. <laughs> writer Fred Decker, mm-hmm. original draft of the script, who, right. of course, Monster Squad, and House 2. Mm-hmm. Which maybe we will hold that against him. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't think he needs to remember that one. <laughs> and uh, Sean Cunningham, producer, who produced Last House on the Left, right, and Friday the Thirteenth, three very different films. Oh yeah, yeah, and also House Two and Four. So we didn't watch three or four, but yeah. we did watch the first two. Oh, and Sean Cunningham directed Friday the Thirteenth also. Okay. Now the another Friday the Thirteenth, 
Friday the 13th Connection, if I can speak, speak. English. Uh, the music was done by Harry Manfredini, I believe. He did the music for Friday the 13th. Okay. And like a couple of the other Friday the 13th movies and Swamp Thing. Hmm. So, and if you listen to the music in this, you can hear it. You can pick it you up. You can hear it's the same guy. You know, it doesn't sound like Friday the 13th, but it has that kind of, those kind of cues to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I usually do pick up on all the, the music stuff, but this one, it didn't jump out at me. So I guess it did a good job. Yeah. Now, the the original script for this that Fred Decker wrote was uh, just a straight horror picture. Hmm. Where this has got, it's got some humor in it, and we'll get to that in a minute. But that was all put in when the guy, Ethan Wiley, uh, who's listed as writer also, but he came in and did a rewrite on the okay. whole script. And he added comedy. And he added all the comedy bits, yeah. Hmm. Well, it's, it's still not a comedy. It's not a horror comedy. Yeah. I mean, there there are a few moments well, that's, that's the thing about this movie. We'll just talk about the movie as a whole. I was getting all the interesting little tidbits out right there. Mm-hmm. The movie itself, it's like it starts out as just kind of a straight horror movie, you know, and, and kind of a, I guess, a, a slow burn. Mm-hmm. And you you get the feeling that it's kind of like, okay, they're trying to ape a Stephen King movie yeah. in a way. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like. And it, it feels like it takes a while for anything to happen. Yeah, it did. There's a lot of things happening. It's building up. There's story happening. But yeah, yes, it did But any feel horror like, element to right, it. Right, right. No, except happened. the very beginning. The opening credits where the ca- you get the point of view of the camera. Mm-hmm. Where the camera's your point of view. And it's dollying around the house. Mm-hmm. The outside of the house. And the music and the, the negative images and all. And the way the camera's moving. That's kind of creepy. That kind of sets the tone. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it kind of drops. Right. Until he gets in the house. Uh, well, when the... The grocery boy discovers the old woman hanging in the room. That's yeah, a kind but, of almost a jump scare. Well, right, but then it's just kind of done, and you don't yeah. get anything else for a long time. You're waiting. You're waiting for something creepy to happen. You're waiting for some suspense. The coolest part up until then is when he goes and, well, let's backtrack. we got to tell a little bit of the plot for this to make any sense. <laughs> um, William Cat's a writer. He's a horror book writer like Stephen King. Right. His aunt passes away, apparently because of suicide. And leaves him the house. And he's divorced from his wife, I guess, after their son went missing. Right. And he's still missing. And apparently there's the case is still open. The FBI is supposedly still looking for him. And we don't know how long this is, though. I don't think it's ever said how long a time has gone by. I don't think they say, but I, I get the impression it's been at least a year or more. Yeah, because he's divorced, and that those proceedings take a while. Yeah. So... He has his dream, and he decides he, he drives up to wherever the house is located. Yeah, well, the the dream, just because this kind of relates, uh, it is a flashback to his time in Vietnam. And then at the end of the dream, he sees his son, like, playing in the jungle in Vietnam. Isn't that when this happens? And this hand comes out of the ground and like his kid scares Tommy, him. isn't it Tommy? No, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, and then Jimmy. It scares him, and he he wakes up. That's when uh you know William Cat's character wakes up. Yeah, and um then he just immediately starts packing. Yeah, so he meets the real estate agent there, and the real estate agent's talking like, yeah, we can. I think we're gonna get a lot of money for this house, and da 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 da, and goes on and on. And then William Cat says, nah, I'm not gonna sell. I've changed my mind. And uh so he decides to stay there for a while, 
and he goes into his, this is what I was talking about being the coolest part. Mm-hmm. He goes into his son's room and there's a, a few Aurora models in there. Oh. <laughs> there's a Frankenstein, a Dracula, and a Wolfman. And the, okay, the geek in me immediately noticed uh, the Frankenstein's got a skull on the base. It's not supposed to be there. Uh, <laughs> Somebody <laughs> customized that kit. Yeah. And I'm betting those are Fred Decker's kits. <laughs> or at least in the script, he you know made sure they were going to be in there. <laughs> Maybe so. So Weemcat stays there and then nothing happens. He might have another nightmare. I can't remember. He meets his neighbor, Norm. Woman lived here before you was nuts. Wouldn't be surprised if someone just got fed up and off her. She was my aunt. Heart of gold, though. Who's kind of annoying, busybody a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he has moments where he's trying to write his book because he's trying to write this book about his time in Vietnam. And see, so we keep, keep having flashbacks to his time in, in Vietnam. And we, we which see... were obviously shot on an indoor set. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the jungle definitely. scenes. <laughs> Absolutely. So, of course, then you get to see uh, Bull. Bull. <laughs> that's all I ever call him. So Bull is there and he's, you know, he's big bad dude. He's a gung-ho uh, Yeah, he's totally all about let's go kill everybody in Vietnam. And, um, you know, so there's just flashes of him, you know, taking point and, and going out there and trying to kill things and people and whatever. And just time in Vietnam, right? Yeah. And it's just Vietnam stuff. It doesn't relate back to the house. Not like that first dream. Nothing at all. Uh, and then we get, he wakes up and, we, you know, things going about the house and he ends up at some point thinking something's going on in this closet upstairs. Oh, yeah. he, see, he sees a vision of his aunt. Yeah. And she tells him, the house got me. It tricked me. It'll trick you. Leave while you can. And right. she disappears. Well, she doesn't disappear. She, she like hangs herself. She jumps off the chair to hang herself and he's like, no. And then she disappears. Yeah. She disappears as she's falling. Yeah. But then, yeah, he hears or sees something that leads him into this room. It's mostly an empty room yeah, and with a closet. closet. And the closet's empty. And then... So he opens the closet door. And there's nothing in there. Well, no. That's when he opens the closet door. Oh, right. He opens At the closet first, door. There's nothing in there. He goes then, away. Then he decides he, to come back and the clock starts chiming midnight. Right. And when it chimes midnight, he opens the closet door again and this weird multi-armed demon-headed thing comes out and yes. grabs him and tries to pull him in. Tries to pull him and in. I think it scratches him there. In that yes, point. it scratches him on the chest. the chest. And he manages to get the door shut. Yes. The next day, he orders all this camera equipment, recording yeah. equipment, and sets it up in that room to record what's going on. Yes, so he's put on his, his gear like he's in Vietnam again. He's yeah, got his kind gun. Of makes no sense. Well, way, I mean, I guess does, he figures he's, he's going to war. That's what uh-huh. he knows. I don't know. I don't know why he has his gear, but whatever. Yeah. So he puts on his camo and he's he's got his helmet on and he's got tons of recording equipment all aimed at the door. And he has and a string on the string. doorknob <laughs> yeah. and he opens the door and nothing happens. Nothing's there. But it's not midnight. Yeah, and he, but he hadn't put that together yet. He hadn't put it together yet. Then he goes back downstairs and then after a while the clock strikes midnight, he, he hits him. It hits him. Oh, it was midnight when yeah. he did it. So he runs, runs back upstairs. Back up there. And he threw a series of different things, opens the door, he gets Norm to come in and help him. And some odd little things happen with the the fish on the wall starts coming to life. And he goes out in the shed to get the gun and the, the inanimate axe and sickle and all these blades yeah. start flying at him. And it, it gives you the feeling like, okay, were they trying to ape evil dead in these scenes? Right. It just, it doesn't work though. Because Stephen Miner is not Sam Raimi. You yeah. know, as mm-hmm. far as for this type of stuff. Yeah. 
And if you look at Steve Miner's other credits, other than the Friday the Thirteenth and this and you know this other this little bit of horror stuff, none of it's really intense horror stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of sitcoms, it's a lot of romantic comedy, it's some comedy stuff, you know. Yeah. So it really the comedy bits just don't work. Yeah. Well, I, the, one of the worst parts for me is okay. So the creature that comes out of the closet is. Not the best creature I've ever seen, but it's certainly yeah. not the worst creature I've ever no, and seen. And it is practical effects, it's, too. Yeah, 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 and I appreciate that. Yeah. But the the worst, not the worst maybe, but I hate the stupid she-demon thing that oh, when, okay. his wife turns into. When, was it the when Norm goes away one time or something and... Yeah, well, his Norm, ex-wife comes in. Yeah, well, Norm has called his ex-wife. But he doesn't and, know this, though. That's right. And but said, we do. Yeah, and said to her that, you know, something is wrong with... I forgot his Roger. character's name. Yeah, Roger. Something is wrong with Roger. I'm very concerned. I think he's going to kill himself. Because he saw that he had a, a shotgun. And so she she said she was con- she was concerned. She couldn't get there right now. Let her know if anything changes. But the next thing we know, I think it's morning or something. She shows, and she up, shows up at the door at the house and Roger's comes in. like, oh, you know, what are you doing yeah. here? And she and then, comes in and then she turns into suddenly. She turns into some, a demon and he shoots her with a shotgun. And when she falls down, she's it's her again. Right. And, he starts and so now he thinks out. he's killed her. And then, you know, other stuff happens. The police show up and he he's hid the body and other things happen. They go away and then she is the demon again. Yeah. So he ends up taking her head off. Yes. Then he buries the head separate, but then the body comes back to yeah. life. And so he ends up chopping to... the body up, and he ba- and that's kind of funny. That so bit's kind of funny. this part is funny. So next thing you know, because the you music is, is right him, for it, I give him full credit for this because I would have done the same thing. Oh yeah. Okay, I wouldn't have done the same thing. I would have burned it. Yeah. But kill it with fire. He he takes and buries like probably twenty pieces of chopped up demon part yeah. all over the backyard. <laughs> In separate pieces. Yeah, and it was a, I forget what song's playing, but it's it worked the the yeah. humor of that scene. That, that actually works. works. The next scene I think is the hot neighbor he met. Oh, uh, who right. was jogging by and I think used his pool. Yes, because she said she the old lady used to let her use the pool. Right. For some reason comes over and is like she's been flirting with him. But then drops her kid off for him to watch. Yeah. So she well, can go do something. Yeah. She she leads him on to think that she's going to come over at like a hot date, you know, and she shows up all dressed up for a hot date. But then out from behind her is her like well, toddler. Yeah. Well, not toddler. He's probably like six or so. Yeah. And, you know, here you can stay with Roger. Rod, you don't mind Roger, right? And it's Roger's a complete like, stranger. Yeah. And Roger's a, like, you can't leave him here. And she's like, I'll be right back. It won't be long. And of course, you know, Roger's running around trying to fight demons yeah. and he's got something living in the closet and who knows what's going to happen in this house. Yeah. And so, in the meantime, the, the hand, one of the hands of the thing he's chopped up has somehow dug its way back out of the ground and it's attached itself to the back of the kid's head. Just before she drops him off. This yeah. Is, while she's talking to him, he ends yeah. up getting the hand away and flushes down the toilet. And then she says, okay, uh, well, I'll be back later. And she leaves. And she just leaves. So he watches the kid and some shenanigans happen. Of course. And she comes back and takes the kid. Says, thanks. You know, he's like, okay, anytime. And now up until this point, this movie is so disjointed. Very. Because it, like it starts off as a straight kind of somber horror picture. Then it inserts this stuff that's supposed to be kind of funny and is eh, kind of humorous, but isn't really like Evil Dead 
funny, you know? Yeah. And then after that, there's no more of that at all. No. It's gone. It's just in that middle little section. It's not consistent through the rest of the yeah. film anywhere. Yeah. And then the thing of her dropping the kid off kind of makes no sense to the I rest of the movie. I don't really... I mean, the only thing I could think of was they were trying to relate it to the fact that his kid is still missing. Because in the beginning... You know, it's it's kind of a serious horror slash drama thing that yeah. this dad has lost his son. Yeah. He's, you know, he contacts the, the, the police on the case and the FBI trying to, yeah. is there any, any update, any yeah. news? You know, it, he's obviously a distraught father who has lost his child. Yeah. yeah. And his wife because of it. And, you know, I mean, it it's serious shit. Yeah. But then... They try this to, other stuff happens. Try to do this horror comedy stuff, like I said, that doesn't work, and and it feels like the it was the movie was written by three different people. Yeah, it's, you it's know? weird. And maybe maybe the rewrite only took place in parts of it. Maybe yeah, they I don't kept know. like parts yeah. of the original script and didn't change it. Yeah, and that's why it feels this way. I don't know. Because then when it gets to this point now, he remembers something about. I was on did these weird paintings these. Yeah, she liked to paint. Horror paintings. And he remembers this one. It was in the tool shed. Yeah, and he goes out and, and he had a rag over the corner of it. And he pulls a rag off and it shows like a mirror, like a medicine cabinet, his kid's face in it. Yeah, Jimmy is on the inside of the mirror. Yeah. So he know. runs upstairs to the bathroom, the medicine cabinet, and punches the mirror out. And it's like a void in mm-hmm. inside that. And he looks outside the house and he sees the wall of the house. He comes back in, he looks in the mirror. Because it's on the outside wall. Mm-hmm. And you can see down into blackness. Yeah, so he throws a can of barber saw through the mirror. And you, you, if you listen carefully, you can hear it kind of splash yeah. <laughs> after a while. He rigs up this rope and he gets his shotgun. And he's he's going to tie off the rope and jump into the void yeah. to go find Jimmy. So he's lowering himself down and some winged demon comes out and steals the shotgun. Steals the shotgun and shoots the rope and he falls into the water. Yep. So then he ends up in the in a... A lake or not a lake, but I guess a river or something oh, in well, Vietnam. Well, one of the nightmares that he had mm-hmm. was he and Bull were taking point. Oh, yeah. And Bull stood up and like, I'll, and gets shot. Mm-hmm. And William Katz says, I'm going to go get help. I'll be right back. And Bull's like, no, kill me, kill me. So I'll be right back. And he goes to get help. But while he's going to get help, the Viet Cong come out and take Bull away and drag him away. Bull's like, I'll get you for this, Roger. I'll get you for this. Uh, that was earlier. So... Again, at this point, he splashed down and he comes up in the water and... He's in Vietnam. Yeah, and he goes to the edge of the water and up on the land and there's like, uh, you know, prisoner cages. Yeah. And his son's in one of them. Yep. His son, literally. Like, his live son is in one of the cages. For no reason whatsoever. Oh, and the way his kid disappeared, we do see a flashback to that earlier. And all we see is his kids playing in the backyard. He's cutting the the shrubs or cutting the tree branches. And he looks down and his kid's gone. And he, he runs around the house. And we see a car, like, take yeah. off, squeal and take off. And it leads you to believe, it leads somebody to believe snagged somebody snatched him. him. But Roger doesn't, that doesn't register. And he runs back around the back of the house. And then Roger he, sees, he the, sees kid the kid in, in the pool. pool. Splashing, and he jumps in the pool, and when he jumps in, there's nobody in the pool. Right. And he swims all the way around. Now, that whole scene was, I get that it was supposed to lead us to think Something's that happened. The and, and then Roger saw him in the pool, and then maybe it was this, maybe it was that, but it was poorly handled. Yeah. Because it was too heavy-handed 
the car taking off. It wasn't a maybe. It was like, no, that car took him. Yeah. The way it squealed and took off. it would, There was no reason for it to take off that hard and that fast. And for the camera to linger on it to just give you a maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. To give you a doubt. It was like, no, that, t-, you know. Yep. And then him not following the car. Yeah, that made no sense you know, at all. If he would have, but fo- anyway, if he would have followed the car and then caught him at a, at the stop sign, and the kid wasn't there, and it was like wrong car, and then heard and him, then go back and to like the pool. heard him splashing, and then ran back around the corner. Yeah, that would have been made it more. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, but anyway, so he gets up there and he gets the the kid out of the cage. Yep, and Jimmy says he he'll be right back or he's coming back or yeah. something. And he's like, who? And it's skeleton bull. Yes. Zombie skeleton bull coming after him yep. to kill Roger because Roger wouldn't kill him because the Viet Cong tortured him for weeks before they killed him. Yeah. But the fact that the kid is, how did the kid get there? Why is he there? How long has he been there? None of that is, is even cl- touched on. It makes no damn sense. Within the context of the story, it makes no sense. No, and apparently the, the ghost zombie bull has been trying to find a way to get back at Roger ever since he died and I guess he decided to haunt the house that how he was he, how living he got in? there we don't I, know we have no idea none of it makes any sense to you. like I said it's like three different damn stories yes. by three different writers it's somebody weird. said smash us all together yeah so anyway he and Jimmy like, he goes, they dive he, into he dives the into the, the black water of the lagoon in Vietnam and they come up in the pool behind the behind house behind the house yes what? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So then they they run into the house and there's a knock at the door and, and it's, it's zombie bull. Zombie bull knocking at the front door now. I don't know why yeah. he didn't come up in the pool too. But who are we to question this movie? How did he get know. there? None of it makes any any damn sense. I don't know. And what's that got to do with the winged demon creature yeah. things? Yeah. Where I did that know. come from? I don't know. That, that has nothing to do with the house or the Vietnam. I mean, that could have had something to do with the house. Maybe. But not Maybe the house is just manifesting all these things. Yeah, but the I Vietnam connection just doesn't it doesn't jive with it. the rest of it. Anyway. So they end up, you know, he ends up killing Zombie Bull by sticking a grenade up in his rib cage and blowing him up in the house, which catches the house on fire. Just then Cab pulls up and Kaylin's his wife comes out and is like, Oh my god, you know, the house on fire and, My son. And uh then you see the shadow coming from behind the door, the door's open. And out comes William Cat holding the son, and she starts crying and oh, so happy. And the boy says, "Mommy!" and gets down and runs, jumps in her arms. And then we see Norm again, who we hadn't seen for about half hour now, walking around because last time we saw him. Oh yeah, we kind of skipped that, but he had uh, Roger had had convinced Norm to try and help him capture the thing in the closet earlier in the film. Yeah, and Norm was supposed to catch him with a harpoon, and then what? pull the. Yeah. Anyway, thing out but yeah it doesn't matter it, roger it, disappeared and norm got drunk waiting for him and so roger yeah, put him on the he, couch and yeah. he passed out on the couch right the next time we see him he's outside walking from his house yeah i, I don't know anyway so the movie ends with the little kid jumping his mom's arms and william cat standing on the porch smiling, smiling. And grinning and that and it ends boom right That's there it. and you're left with what what what, <laughs> what did i just want it has a, a great happy nice ending which is cool i yep. don't have a problem with that but the house is burning down. The house is burning down. How did the kid get... How long has he been gone? That's the main thing. How is the Vietnam thing... I mean, was the house a portal? Did he really go back to Vietnam? Is there 
something in the house. You know, it just, yeah. oh. Was, was it, it hurt really? Yeah, was it really Vietnam? Was it just a manifestation of something to look like Vietnam? Yeah. What What was that? I don't know. The black water coming up into the pool, which there's, which there's nothing in the pool. There's no portal or anything for them to come through to be in the pool it's just all of a sudden they're there yeah yeah well the closet was that way too the closet was just a closet until yeah it but was when you close the door portal. it opened up and though and it was black in a portal yeah it changed yeah the pool didn't well but then the when he went back into the um bathroom later yeah the the mirror was there again yeah the portal closed well but he i'm had, saying there was he nothing broken the mirror but it was back yeah, but there was nothing in the pool that he passed through. Or, yeah, that's you know true. what I mean? It it just there's no logic here. To quote a couple friends of ours about movies. <laughs> one says there there are no bad movies. There are there's just bad, you know, bad audiences. Yes. And, and he, that that would be Mr. Uh, Dr. John Sarcophagus, yeah, John. John Dimes. And I'll have to say what he said a, a couple times that I I guess I was just not the right audience for this movie. <laughs> And uh, Mr. Lobo, his uh, catchphrase or quote, as always, they're not bad movies. They're just misunderstood. Well, I misunderstood the hell out of this movie. So, <laughs> I mean, we watched it. They're both it, right. We watched it twice. Twice. And I don't know. It just I, did not work for me on a, a lot of different levels. I think mainly because it was, like I, I've said a couple times, so it was very disjointed. And it's like three different stories that somebody just tried to make you know, mashed together into one story and it's not really coherent. Yeah. I mean, okay, so is it worth watching? It's worth watching because you need to make your own opinion. It's also worth watching because William Cat is actually really good in this. Yeah, he's fantastic. I mean, he's the best there thing are, in it. There are moments when he makes these great facial expressions about things and it's, yeah. it's just, it's great. And he's just feel, really good. I mean, good. when he, when it, the stuff of anguish about his son yeah, oh, and when yeah, he you feel thinks that. he shot his wife. Yeah. Yeah, you feel his pain there. He's yeah. really good at that. Well, then there's one where there's something like ridiculous happening and he makes this crazy like, what the fuck? Yeah. Face. <laughs> and it was great. But and he's, yeah, and he's he's great. His reactions, he's just so natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, I, I tell you, William Cat. a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of people do. He auditioned for Star Wars. Mm. He and Kurt Russell auditioned together. Okay. And... The first audition, Kurt Russell's reading so- Han Solo, mm-hmm. and William Cat's reading Luke Skywalker. Oh, wow. Now, you think, okay, because Kurt Russell had dark hair. Yeah. And he's kind of rugged, and William Cat, they were both young. Yeah. And William Cat has the curly blonde hair. Right. You know? And then they switch. They switched. And William Cat reads Solo, and Kurt Russell reads Luke. You liked that better? And it worked better. Yeah. Because Cat has more of that, his voice is deeper. Yeah. And he has more of a serious, he can, that del- his delivery. And Kurt Russell was the excitable kid. And he can really play yeah, that, yeah. you know. And it really worked. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to see it. I wouldn't want to change a damn thing about the first Star Wars movie, cast-wise. But it was really interesting to see that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... Uh, that is kind of neat. Yeah. William, I've never seen that footage, but I would, I would have to look it up sometime. Yeah, and William Cat's got a great voice. And his, like I said, his delivery is just so natural. Mm-hmm. I think I'd watch him read the phone book. You know, it'd be, I think that would be interesting, but I will, yeah, I'll watch him in anything. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I have to really to, seek some stuff out. I yeah. Think. I was getting ready to say that I need to find some other things he's done because I think I would like to see him in other, other roles. Yeah. 
Oh, so, well. yes, it is worth watching because you need to see him. And we say this about everything we watch. You, you need to make your own opinion. Yeah, you yeah. need to see it for yourself. And there's a couple nods and winks in, in this. When oh, he pulls yeah, up to the right. house, the sign on the front of the, the real estate is Craven Realty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And his aunt's name is Mrs. Hooper. Right. So, you know, Toby Hooper. Now, that being said about the first movie, the second movie, House 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> it felt like that. Yeah. Is the only thing that's the same is it takes place in a house and there's some supernatural element to it. But that's it's not it. the same house, not the same town. Not Nobody same related people. to the same characters. No. And it's a weird plot, which I, I need to watch again. But it really goes off the rails in, in as far as where a lot of horror movies and sequels, I don't say a lot, but some where the first one is serious and straightforward and the second one really goes for the comedy element of it. This one definitely does that. And goes wilder. This one... Totally trying to be a horror comedy, and it, maybe it works. I need to watch it again. No, I didn't think because so. I was really tired when we were watching. I, it. I made it all the way through, and I did not think that it worked as a horror comedy at all. Yeah, and it. I mean, there have... were a couple moments where I was like, eh, but yeah. no. The two main lead guys in it are all right, but they don't have the charisma that William Cat does. Mm-mm, so they sure. don't keep draw you on, you know, draw you into the movie. Yeah. Now, one thing we do need to watch, we do need to get House Four to see because. William Cat apparently returns. I don't know if he's the same character. No, it's the same character. Yeah, mm-hmm. Roger Cobb okay. returns. Okay, and I don't know anything about it, whether it's a cameo, whether he's in the whole thing, or if it's supposed to be the same house or not. Mm-hmm. But just because they go back to the first character, yeah, yeah. that makes me want to see it. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. House and House Two are both available online streaming we watched prime, them on didn't we prime um, video i believe we watched house on prime and house two on tubi okay so if you got um, if you have the roku or yeah. smart tv um prime amazon prime and uh tubi you can see both of them yeah yeah i think that um house was also on tubi we just didn't want to watch commercials so we watched <laughs> it on prime yeah. yeah anyhow house two the basic plot of it was uh this Baby was given away as a child and as a baby, and he his parents were killed, and then he comes back as an adult. We don't know how he found out where his original family came from. We have no idea, but he comes back and he's inherited this house, and he's with this very superficial, stupid girlfriend, and... A couple of his friends show up. A couple of his friends show up, and I think he's a, I don't know, producer. It doesn't matter. Anyway, he... um. He discovers the a book or a something, book right? or something about his great grand grandfather, great 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 grandfather, yeah. And he supposedly discovered this um, crystal skull, and yes, it's a crystal skull, mm-hmm. just like you would think of a crystal skull. And it has these powers to give that you immortality. This movie too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, immortality and all these other things, right? So he decides that. It must be buried with my great great blah 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 grandfather. So they go and they dig up the grandfather, and it turns he's buried out buried on the property. On the property, so they dig him up, and dude still well, he's like a corpse, but he's alive. Well, he he's clutching the skull, and they pull the skull free, and he wakes up. Yeah, as this hundred some year old zombie corpse. Yeah, but he's still the same guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cowboy. Right. Yeah. And his partner at the time thought that he should own the skull, not not the grandpappy. So 
that's the nemesis who's trying to come back from the dead and uh he's a zombie cowboy too yeah zombie cowboy trying to come back and take through a series of shenanigans we only go through the entire plot no we're not gonna uh is them trying to keep the skull him trying to take the skull and yeah and they keep sending people from different eras eras, like some aztec kind of kind of thing yeah. i don't know and it has weird. to do yeah the skull i think started with that like the aztecs yeah. or something so that's the only and relation. the house yeah the house there's a, a place for the skull and the mantle and the house is supposed to be the temple to protect it or something like yeah, that yeah which it this. does a terrible job yeah but that, the reason i actually wanted to bring it up is because that was the only connection that i could come up with yeah. for the house yeah is the, that it closets are different portals it has different portals places. through different times yeah. to different places yeah. so i i don't know whatever so there's that. So check that out for yourself. Yeah, it was... Because I, I don't know if I'm going to watch that one again. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty much bored yeah. the whole time. Yeah, so there's that. Watch it if you like. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely say go ahead and watch the first one, though. You need to make your own opinion if you haven't oh, yeah. already seen it. Yeah. I mean, it, it has a huge following. And it, there's many people. No house. I mean, I've heard people all over the place talk about house. Have oh, you seen yeah. house? You used to watch house. Yeah, and I just... I, I just never got around to it. not for me. Not for me. Anyhow, so there's that. Yeah. So So. that's about all I've got for this one, I think. Uh, I'm going to be putting some pictures up Mm -hmm. on the Facebook page, which, you know, I need to go back. I did not do pictures for Matinee. What the heck, Rob? Well, we did it just before we moved. And then we got caught up with stuff. So I'm going to need to go back and put a folder for Matinee. Yes, you are. And I've got to do some pictures for this one and put the trailer up and other stuff on the old Facebook page there. So check that out. Yep. Drop us a line on the Facebook page. Uh, if you got anything to say about the movies and or tell us to shut the hell up and stop, you know, talking or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or we also have the Phantasmo After Dark email, the Phantasmo A D, one word, Phantasmode. At gmail.com. At, yeah. Won't you? Indeed. Well, we have one thing left to do. One thing left to do. The world revolves around Planet of the Apes. So we do this game at the end of each episode, just to, just about each episode, where Phyllis gives me somebody from the movies that we're talking about, and I connect them back to the original Planet of the Apes, because we discovered many years before the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes, and we can prove it. So here we go. All right. Well, I think the obvious choice just has to be William Cat. So how does William Cat relate to Planet of the Apes? Okay. William Cat was in the revival of the Perry Mason show when I think they did it as TV movies a couple of years, or maybe it was a series. I can't remember exactly. But anyway, William Catt was in that, playing okay. the detective All right. for Perry Mason. Raymond Burr was Perry Mason. Raymond Burr was in was the killer in Rear Window with Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Stewart was in The Greatest Show on Earth with Charlton Heston, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> well, that was rather short. <laughs> and you're done. The world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. Good job. You can't deny it. I cannot deny it. There you it. go. So go and watch all the Planet of the Apes movies because they're awesome. The original yes. movies. And, and and watch House if you want to. If you want to. Yeah. You know, not going to recommend it, but not going to tell you not to. Yes. See it for yourself and make there your you own go. decisions. Right on. Uh, that's about it, I guess. I think so. All right. So till next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night. This house knows everything about you. Enter at your own risk.